When life is difficult, Samaritans are here. Day or night, 365 days a year. You can call them for free on 116 123. Email them at joe at or visit Whatever you're facing, the Samaritans are here to listen. Welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name's Nick Minns. Uh, on today's podcast, I am joined by uh, Trina Haynes. Um, she is a, an ADHD advocate. And this way, we're kind of going to go in a, a little bit of a di- different direction slightly with regards to the podcast. Um, I've recently just been diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 37. And being at university has made it very, very interesting. So I am trying to kind of reach out to her, the neurodiverse community and get a few experiences there as well so Trina thank you so much for coming on I say as like we said before has been a long time coming we have finally got here so (laughs) yes no thank you for having me I'm excited let's talk so yeah so I suppose getting straight into it um when did your kind of journey begin with with ADHD shall we say recently yeah so I I am 36. I'll be 37 next month. Uh, so we're about the same age and I was diagnosed when I was 35. So last year, um, but my journey with it is kind of goes back a a little bit. Um, I've had, my sister has ADHD and she's been telling me for years that I had it. Um, so I basically got officially diagnosed last year. So what was that like finding out for the first time? You know, how did that, um, shocking, I actually, when my sister for years was telling me that I had ADHD, I still was pretty convinced that only men, only little boys had ADHD. I just didn't believe that women could have ADHD. <laughs> um, so when they told me, I was like, no, that that actually can't be right. I don't, I don't think that's true. So um, I had a lot of denial. Um, and then I immediately just went down the rabbit hole and did all of the research. And lo and behold, it is true. Um, and then I kind of needed community I just reached out to try to find other women like me I was I'm like okay well let's let's see if there's other women out there like me and um turns out there are (laughs) so yeah um it's been an interesting year for sure (laughs) so yeah it was interesting that you said that you kind of saw it as like little uh little boys or, or men um mainly had it I mean how, how did that kind of materialize was that something that was because obviously I mean British culture we, like I very much saw it as ADHD was something that you had if you couldn't sit still or you're mm. always moving about or it was sometimes <clears throat> thinged with naughty kids in school as well so I don't know if that's very similar in the States. Yeah. So when I was in school, the only person I knew who had ADHD was this kid in my seventh grade class whose name was Willie Jones. And he sat next to me in school and he would fidget and he would tap and he was always like drumming on the desk. And he was just, I don't want to say it, but he was kind of annoying to me. Like he, he would not sit still. Um, and so I thought that is what ADHD is. But of course he, he annoyed me also because he always got really good grades. <laughs> and I was struggling and he was over here just not paying attention, fidgeting and walking away with A's. Um, <clears throat> he was just a really smart guy. 
but um I was sitting next to him not reacting that way not feeling like him so I just did not relate to ADHD symptoms at all I I, I am not Willie Jones so I did not agree with my diagnosis based on my experience with it. So now I know how differently ADHD presents in males versus females or person to person. Um, but I did just didn't know that before. So it's just been really, really interesting. I, I definitely turns out I do fidget in my chair a lot. It's just a different, it's, it's just different than how, you know, a lot of boys or men are. <clears throat> So what sort of, do you, do you have to maybe think with like fidget toys and things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I've, and I think maybe that was the difference in school was maybe like Willie just didn't have tools and resources. And so he would just like wiggle around and maybe I was drawing or maybe I was like playing with something quieter at my desk. And I didn't really put two and two together that like we're both fidgeting in different ways um which is really interesting but yeah I do I have tons of fidget toys now um I've got them right here on my desk but yeah I definitely fidget around and move around in my chair more than I thought I, I did <laughs> so did you did you notice any signs when you were when you you were younger shall we say well did any of these things present themselves when they're younger or did you oh yeah kind of I mean I definitely struggled in school. Um, I barely graduated high school. I I have like the auditory issues where I just wasn't retaining information. I mean, people would speak to me and I just would not understand what they were saying. Um, and school was incredibly difficult for me. And I never knew it was ADHD. I just thought that I was dumb. I just thought I wasn't smarter or as, as smart as anyone, everyone else in school. Um, so that's, that's a big that was a big part of my childhood was just feeling like I couldn't keep up um, and not knowing why and just beating myself up perpetually for that feeling. Um, and then that continued into college. I did not graduate college. I dropped out in the first or second semester. Um, my work career, my love life. I mean, yes, <laughs> there were signs everywhere, everywhere, but I just chalked it up to me, not like just me being I thought I was a bad person or just not capable of surviving in this world like everyone else. Like I just was mean to myself this whole time. That's interesting. Because I mean, I, I had a very similar, um, so we say journey in that, in that sense of, I kind of felt like there was definitely things when I was growing up, but I didn't really kind of pay much attention to them. And especially, I mean, especially in, 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 in like Britain, it was, it was very much seen as, uh, as a kind of thing you just don't, it wasn't, wasn't really talked about in school, you know, yeah. and not, not like it is nowadays, you know, nowadays it's, right. you know, neurodiversity is, is promoted a lot more, but um, I'd say especially growing up, it just wasn't kind of um, talked about. And yeah. I, Did you I, struggle? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I struggled in things like maths. Um, I was quite emotional, but I, I did used to. So, I, like, I, I really rarely sat still, or even when I was, um, I was at home. I never, I never kind of read many things. I always needed to have like some sort sort of external stimulus, so whether that be music or something in the background. Mm. And right, um, so I, you were I, like developing your own. 
coping skills. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I will say, um, a lot of times with men and women, men or boys are kind of allowed to run around and be fidgety and they're just, oh, boys will be boys. Boys are just like that. But girls are not. Girls are like, no, you don't act like that. You have to sit still. Like, so a lot of times you won't see girls in school fidgeting. You'll just see them like they'll go home and be exhausted. Like it's physically hurts to be able to sit still and not fidget. Like my whole body will hurt. I have a headache. I'm stressed. Like I'm not running around the room and getting that energy out. I'm just sitting there like holding on for dear life and I'm going home and I'm being exhausted. So like girls don't show that symptom because we're kind of just told not to, where we mask those symptoms. Um, and so that's very, very common with women is to not really resonate with those symptoms, but they are dealing with them in a different way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, did did it, you know, with regards to, I mean, it's, it, I've started kind of looking into a lot more with regards to kind of like the, the impact on, on, on like, you know, like neurodiversity and mental health as well. I mean, did, 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 did you struggle with any mental health, um, kind of uh, growing yeah, up like a like a comorbid um issue that I have is uh anxiety um that's very common for women as well so yeah a lot of anxiety um I'd had I'd had like impulse issues where um just I mean all, yes all of the yes all of the symptoms um but yeah mostly just um anxiety would probably be my top one um, and I didn't even realize how bad it was. And, and until recently I, w- I was having panic attacks and I didn't know that that's what they were, um, for years I was having panic attacks and just didn't know, I didn't have a name for them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have anxiety and, and panic attacks. <laughs> what would you say that you, I know it's quite a deep question, but you know, what would you say that your anxiety is, you know, do you recognize that there's a trigger beyond the anxiety? What triggers it sometimes? Um, yeah, sometimes. I mean, the anxiety usually comes from having ADHD. <laughs> um, just overall managing the symptoms that come along with ADHD and trying to keep up in society with ADHD has caused it causes me a lot of anxiety. Um, I'm a people pleaser, which is also kind of can be common um so yeah just you know if I'm not sleeping well diet all all of those things it's like a perfect storm and it will create a panic attack uh if I don't watch it so yeah I have to try to slow things down and be intentional about being quiet and um introspective journaling yoga walking being in nature like those things are so important and if I don't if I notice that I'm not doing those things I can pretty much guarantee a panic attack or anxiety will come back up for me I mean so it's just being vigilant <laughs> I mean I mean, I mean you know you have, have my every sympathy with regards to panic attacks been there myself they're awful absolutely awful oh so awful yeah I mean I didn't the last one I had was maybe six months ago and it was the worst one that I've had um and I thought I was dying um I actually thought that that was my last moment on earth and um it was it was awful it was an awful experience so yeah I don't 
I don't, I don't want to have that again. No, <laughs> I try very hard to prevent them now by keeping my life peaceful and easy and quiet. And, uh, if I, if I notice the anxiety levels rising, like I just being aware of what's going on in my body and my heart rate and, and how things are flowing and, um, just preventative measures is what I try now. And yeah, it seems I'm, to be working. I mean, um, I've, 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 again, like very, very similar with regards to, yeah. I suppose the way that I think for the longest time, I, I just thought that everything that I was maybe going through or started to recognize was maybe part of my mental health and that, that, yeah, I think it, I thought, oh, well, it might just, it must just be a, um, a kind of an attributing factor to my anxiety or my depression or my PTSD. It, it, it could be all these different things. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until um, I spoke to a friend of mine who, who would, uh, he'd recently been um, diagnosed with ADHD and autism. And he had said, do you know what? He said, like, if, if you, because we used to work together. So he said, a lot of the things that I used to at work, which we'd kind of, he said, I, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't ADHD. Mm, yeah. So, it's, so it, it wasn't until I kind of started, like you say, like doing a little bit of research into things and looking at um, some of the kind of common symptoms. And a lot of it really just spoke to me like, oh, this, a lot of this is me. Um, and then I put in for an educational assessment through the university who have been absolutely amazing. And they, you know, it's come out of, uh, that I've, uh, kind of a combined type ADHD where this kind of right. Really. Yeah. It, that's, you know, and that's what I have. Yeah. Um, I have all the symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, um, I suppose when I, when I, I mean, how did you feel when you first found out? I mean, with regards to, because obviously I suppose being if you're diagnosed at a younger age, you, you know, some people have said when they've been diagnosed at a younger age, they felt like they've been able to accept it a little bit more. But mm. at a later age, did you feel like it was a little bit harder to swallow or? Um, no, it felt like light bulb moment for me. It felt more like, okay, okay, the pieces of my life are all making sense. And it felt like, like a relief to get an answer to why I had been struggling so much, um, which is also pretty common. It's one or the other usually. Um, and yeah, I felt extreme relief. <laughs> yeah. I, bet, I bet your sister was, kind of, I told you so. Told yeah, you. very much so. Very much so. That's as sisters should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah what would you um, i mean I've, I've i've seen some of the uh some of your your videos on, on on instagram and the one that really was one that i think it spoke to me was uh the one about working from home and you just find yourself <laughs> fidgeting and doing everything else apart from where yeah it was. yeah yeah that's my life <laughs> What, what would you say is your, I suppose, your biggest struggle with it? With working from home or with ADHD? Or with, with ADHD. Um, I was about to say time management, but really, I guess, procrastination, time management, keeping up with everything I have to do, just overwhelm 
feeling overwhelmed from all of the things going on in my brain all the time. I mean, just everything just feels like a lot all the time. And that is exhausting. And uh, I don't even get relief from that in my sleep. Like I dream very vividly. I'm very like awake and going all day long, all night long. Um, It feels like there's no rest. And that's, but yet I'm hardly doing anything most of the time. So it's, um, it's just exhausting. I feel like that maybe is the hardest part for me is just the overwhelm and the exhaustion and the procrastinate. I mean, it's, it's literally all of it. It's just a lot. I mean, I mean, procrastination is probably one of the big things that I, that I found. Um, but like you say, with regards to this, this feeling that your brain is constantly yeah, 100 miles an hour, a million thoughts. And yeah, not being um, able to finish what yeah. you start, um, even if you really want to. I mean, there's no amount of motivation that will help you get something finished. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just so challenging. It's just so challenging. And it's, but I will say now that I know it's ADHD and I recognize it, it's given me a different perspective where if I'm really struggling that day to even do anything at all, I can say, okay, this isn't me. Like you're not a bad person. Like you have ADHD. What do you need right now? Like, do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to get up and dance? Do you need to get a drink? Like really recognizing what's going on has helped immensely. Yeah. So what would you say is, um, oh, you see, this is the thing. I've, I thought of two questions, and then, <laughs> just... yeah, you definitely have ADHD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, with I, I suppose, with regards to kind of working um, and you know employment, has has that been oh, a challenge? That has probably been the largest aspect, the biggest challenge for me with in in my life has been my career. Um, I've had 28 job titles uh, in my life. I added it up recently um, and I have struggled immensely in the workplace. It has been a challenge. And I now, uh, again, I'm an entrepreneur. I have tried the entrepreneur route several times in my life. Um, and I'm back to doing entrepreneur work and I have realized that that is, that's the solution for me is, is to work for myself, which has been amazing to come to that realization that it's not me again. It's not, it's not me failing. It's just me not thriving in that situation. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's honestly been kind of torturous to have the career path that I've been on but uh it's evening out right now <laughs> so i suppose yeah. what, what what would you say is the best part about working for you if you like <clears throat> um working for me is probably the best is the way that i manage my t- my time and my day is centered around how my brain works as opposed to how people want my brain to work <laughs> Um, so you can will me to work nine to five. You can wish me, you can pay me to work nine to five. And I just don't work in those hours. Um, so lately my schedule is more like one to six or two to eight, or even two to five, I'll get a lot of work done in three hours. I can hyper-focus and get a lot of work done and trying not to beat myself up over that because I'm still like conditioned to work 
nine to five or eight to five. And so if I catch myself not working at 10 AM, I'm like, that's fine. You don't, you don't need to be like freaking out and trying to go work. Like you can work whatever hours you want to, and no one's going to say anything. (laughs) So uh, working my own hours is, is amazing, but also just doing things my way that work for my brain, as opposed to doing things the way other people need them done. I think that has been the biggest thing is like just organizing my work in my own way and not having to follow how a neurotypical person would do it. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, 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 I totally empathize with that with, you know, I mean, I, I worked, I worked kind of 20 years in the same industry uh, before I ended up going to university and, I found it really hard to kind of do things because people had kind of give me so much to do, but then in my head, I'd straight away start thinking of a, another way to do it yeah. and then do it my way, even though they'd be like, oh, well, I, I said I wanted it like that. But it's like, yeah, but in my head, that that makes sense that yeah. that's the way it should have been done. But Yeah. Well, and now in my business, like, you know, there are tasks that are not as fun and not as enjoyable, but there's not as many of them, because I, if I, I don't want to do that, I don't have, I don't have to. (laughs) So if if like, I'm not going to have a bunch of Excel spreadsheets in my personal, in my business, because my brain doesn't like them. I don't function that well. I'm going to try a different system to manage things like that. When you're at a company, they're like, here's an Excel spreadsheet. This is how we do it. Um, and here's this, this is how you do it. And my brain goes, Ooh, I, my brain doesn't work that way. I need to do it a different way. And, and that doesn't go over well, uh, usually. So, um, yeah, like I said, this is my, gosh, this is maybe my fifth or sixth time attempting entrepreneurship. I've had two other highly successful businesses before this, um, prior to COVID and then COVID messed everything up, but, uh, like, (laughs) for everyone um but yeah so this this is the better way for my brain to work and uh, that is the case for a lot of people with ADHD there are a lot of ADHDers who are entrepreneurs for that very reason so it's pretty fascinating it it is and and it and also I suppose it it makes a lot of sense as well in a way yeah I mean well ADHDers have all of the skills to become entrepreneurs we are impulsive we are brave we are uh creative and all of those are very strong strengths of entrepreneurs that you need to start and run a business so um it makes a lot of sense that people with ADHD would just be more geared to run their own businesses highly successful businesses I might add (laughs) How impulsive would you say you are? Because I know I know um I can be really like, and then, and then well, I've got to... I went to Paris this summer on a whim, so that'll <laughs> tell you something. <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very, very impulsive. Not so much with money. I kind of am a. I come from a background with not a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, and so I'm I'm a little bit more of a penny pincher with money. Um, but definitely with, you know, things I, places I go, like I'll just impulsively get up and leave and impulsively drive eight hours to do something like, yeah, very much like that looks fun. Let's go do it. Like 
that looks great. Let's go do it. And um, yeah, there's a lot of that, but I am, I'm luckily not super impulsive with money and with spending, which that is actually very common with ADHDers is to be impulsive with spending. Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that that was one of the things as well. I mean, luckily I'm, I'm not very similar to, to yourself with regards to didn't have, we kind of come from an household where it was very much to kind of, I suppose, re, have, a, have an healthy relationship with money and not just, if you like, throw right. out the wall, really. I mean, I'm not good at managing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're not impulsive with it. So that's... Right. Uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, I can have these impulsive moments where I'll sometimes be walking home from my brother's house sometimes going to Tuesday night and on the way home, I'll have all these different thoughts of all these different things I could do. And I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do that. Or, oh, I want to do that now. Like, oh, we'll do this. Oh, I mean that, so that happens in my business a lot too. I'll like see an idea and I'll want to run with it immediately and stop all of the other projects I'm working on. I'm like, oh, I want to write a blog about this today and everything else goes out the window and I have to write that blog until my brain gets it out of its system. Um, so that happens a lot with work and I have to put a halt to it a lot of times. I have to curb ideas and just make sure I write down ideas and come back to them later. Um, but sometimes it's just not avoidable. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. I've done it before. I've had these ideas and like you said, I haven't wrote them down and then I've gone to bed, woke up in the morning, couldn't remember what it was. And then two or three weeks down the line, I'll go, oh, that was that idea. And then straight away, it's like, well, maybe the or time. you're trying to, yeah, you try to decipher your notes later and you're like, <laughs> what? This makes no sense. I don't, what does this mean? Yeah. Makes it's, no sense I'm, whatsoever. I'm definitely impuls impulsive. I want to do the fun thing right away. Very much so. Booking vacations and um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, so, I mean, not, normally, the way I, normally the, the way I used to finish uh, the podcasts is to ask a question, but I'm going to change it a little bit with these ones. So, um, so first question is, is there any books or any um, tips, you, top tips, I suppose, you could give to anybody who, who's listening who might have ADHD and um, maybe a, a a podcast listen or mm, okay a, a good book to read what would what would be any of those oh man tips? there's so many so probably my top recommendation if you're just getting diagnosed with ADHD is to go online and find an ADHD community to connect with um community is everything when you get diagnosed with ADHD and seeing other people that you relate to is huge um, and it's really validating and empowering and there are tons of ADHD accounts online to follow. That would probably be my top tip. Um, there's so many great podcasts out there. Um, ADHD Nerds podcast by Jesse J. Anderson is one of my favorites. Um, there's the Motherhood and ADHD podcast for moms. Um, Women in ADHD podcast, that's a good one. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many podcasts. And then uh, books. Um, I just finished one called, I think it's about the burnout cycle. Um, it's called, I think it's just called burnout. I'll, I'll have to send it to you. You can put it in the show notes. Um, and it's all about, it's all about burnout and what you can do to help and what causes it. And uh, that's been a good read for me lately. And then um, yeah, there's a lot, there's so many good books out there. Um, <laughs> podcasts are great for me. I, 
I either read a book in one sitting, like hours long and hyper-focused on a book, or I can't read it at all. So I tend to enjoy more podcasts and listening to podcasts and audiobooks and stuff. Um, but yeah, my number one tip would probably be just to find an online community to connect with. That's brilliant. Um, and well, I was going to say, to be honest with you, the, the, um, if you had to give one little piece of advice um, to anybody who's maybe been diagnosed now, um, I suppose like the way they're feeling, how would you, what would be your one little piece of advice to them? Um, um, That's tough. So if, I guess what's helped me is if I, if I really feel overwhelmed and I'm recognizing how overwhelming everything is, it's my, it's a warning or a red flag for me to stop and slow down and take a deep breath and like really pay attention to what I'm feeling and what my body needs. And, um, don't push myself so hard. I've actually started giving myself less tasks on my to-do list every day and the world is still spinning. No one is, no one is mad at me. Like just recognizing that, um, if you do anything at all in a day and that's just showering or just eating, like you're, you're doing a good job and, um, having ADHD is very tough and to just go easy on yourself and be kind to the way that you speak to yourself really matters. Um, just really paying attention to how you're physically mentally feeling, uh, helps a lot with ADHD. That's probably my biggest one. That's brilliant. Um, Trina, thank you so much for coming on today, honestly. Um, I know just from my point of view, it's been so nice talking to someone and, and, and you know, hearing someone's experiences and it's... Uh, it, it, They're the same. <laughs> I, can already, I can already kind of tell it, it, it's, you know, it, it's made a bit of a difference to myself also. Sometimes it can be, it can make you feel quite isolated, but like you say, that community is... Is really important. Yeah, and I I want to reiterate that because I mean for thirty years I literally felt like I was an alien on the planet and I could not relate to anyone at all. Um, that's gonna make me kind of emotional because it was really hard. But I think the big thing is now is, you know, just talking on this talking on this podcast and doing the things that you're doing on on instagram and those little videos and those little snippets are giving so much inspiration to people to kind of but as you can see it's still very difficult yeah yeah it's it's, it is a lifelong thing that you deal with so um i am in a good place now you wouldn't know (laughs) it by me crying but um just thinking about how hard it was for me is is i suppose a grieving process (laughs) I mean the thing is just because you're showing emotion as well doesn't mean that you're not in a good place I mean showing emotion is 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 a perfectly normal normal thing to do I mean if anything it shows how important it is for how far you've come so you know just just realize that you are doing some amazing work and thank you making a real (laughs) difference so I have never cried on a podcast (laughs) Uh, maybe it's uh, it's early here for me. Maybe I, I shouldn't. Yeah, I was going to say early podcast. Yeah, early in the day, just blame it on that. But earlier. Yeah. No, I, I mean it's true. It's just when I think about all the stuff that I did go through before getting diagnosis, um, it is it does make me emotional because it was so hard. Um, 
and it's easier now, but it's still hard. So yeah. And that I feel people who just get diagnosed with ADHD, you do go through this emotion of like, wow, my childhood, my in school, and you connect all of the dots and it does make you sad sometimes. That's just, yeah. that's just part of the journey of getting diagnosed with ADHD. And I'm obviously still going through it. I was just diagnosed uh, like a year and a half ago. So it's still very new. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. Honestly, it means the world to kind of have people thank like you. yourself who are willing to come on and, and share their stories. So yeah, it's uh, forever grateful. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. I appreciate you having me on. And for everyone else, I'll see you on the next podcast.